Hey everybody and welcome back to the Living Healthy Podcast presented by LA Fitness. I'm your host, Andrew Gabell, along with my co-host, Candace Curry. Hey guys, so today's episode covers something that is as sought after as the fountain of youth, and that is how to never fail at dieting again. Ever. Is that actually possible? To it is never possible. Fail at it, again? Okay. it is. It's possible. You can achieve this. And yes, we believe that you can succeed. So we're here joined in studio today with LA Fitness registered dietitian, Debbie James, who is here to share with us the secret to healthy eating. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again. Glad to be here. I am just going to ask straight out, is there such a thing as a perfect diet? I don't think there's a perfect diet that would apply to everyone, of course, but there's a habit of eating, which is what a diet is. It's really what an animal or a person consumes. So when we say diet right. in our society, of course, right. we're referring to a weight loss like diet. Weight, right. or, or really, the word reducing diet was the first term probably used huh. in the last like 150 years um, uh, applied to, to corpulence or, or overweight um, from the 1800s. So anyway, uh, is there a perfect diet? Not one particular thing, but for each individual, like everyone's own metabolism and body chemistry is so unique that there's probably a range um, of eating within that um, span that mm -hmm. would fit that person. So for people wanting to succeed and they've tried diets and they've failed and failed at like trying a bunch of them, are there nutritional programs out there that they should turn to for advice, perhaps some that are free that you know of, instead of going to maybe something they have to pay for? Well, I think before they, they start looking outside for somebody else's prescription or advice or meal plan, um, you know, look first, I'd say, within yourself. If the people that adhere to whatever their diet is, a weight loss or not, um, really have a strong conviction for it. If you look at um, people that are, are vegan for a certain reason or avoid certain foods due to religion, it is inherently like they, they believe 100% this is what their life will be, mm -hmm. you know, eating like this. So if someone's just picking up a diet temporarily, that's the problem to begin with is right. that they see a finish or an end to it. Uh, so right. I think you have to start with a weight loss plan that more mimics or matches your beliefs, lifestyle, attitude, so that you're going to be more successful adhering to it. Right. And know that it's a forever thing. It's changing your lifestyle overall. Although for, and I habits. feel like sometimes that the concept of forever, that can be a daunting thing for someone that's starting out. Like, hey, guess what? You're going to do this for the rest of your life. So having that like starting point and then creating a, maybe that support system to go along with that. So that's where reaching out for advice or to a nutritionist, like if you wanted to use our hashtag Living Healthy Podcast to send us your questions, our dietitian can answer stuff yes. on the air. Yep. Or we do the Q&A where we, we go a little more in depth. Yes, um, on the Living Healthy blog. On the blog. Um, so having that support system maybe can help you so you aren't seeing it as like a, a diet forever, but like this, this subtle change that you're going to make in how you approach eating and mm -hmm. nutrition. Because small changes lead to long-term results. Right. Oh, well said. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I know. Did, you, did you know that it takes about eight weeks of doing something repetitively to ingrain it as Become a habit? Become a habit? Yes. Okay. So is habit and life t lifestyle change the same thing? So eight weeks to like 
create a habit and then that eventually it becomes, becomes your lifestyle. part of your lifestyle sure huh, so that could be a good beginning goal instead of thinking forever think eight weeks get through eight weeks you and can see, do eight and weeks where you are and you might find that you're actually enjoying the process now whereas in the beginning you might not like the process and then you begin to enjoy it and that's how it becomes a lifestyle but at least that's how much i think people need to have a minimum commitment. There's too much uh, yo-yo extreme dieting, a rapid weight loss on and off. We're like, oh, I tried, I tried this and I tried that and nothing worked. And right. you know, when you hear people have tried like eight different diets and lost weight, gained, gained weight. And, but if I talk to them and I find out that they actually tried it for like two weeks or they hated it for 10 days or, you know, whatever those reasons might be, they didn't have like Eight week, it wasn't right. part of their life that they adopted yeah. for a significant period of time. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they're selling themselves short then if they're not giving themselves the full eight weeks to at least try it and see oh, if it's exactly. really going to make a change. I, I, I admit to the exact same thing with uh, different parenting techniques that I give up too, <laughs> too quickly after a short time saying, you know, so, so-and-so in the corner for yeah. timeout just doesn't work. Yeah. Because I, so I won't, I won't stick with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's a lot of members that I've spoken with for our member spotlight stories on the blog that have had so much success with losing weight. And a common theme is that they say when they've changed their diet, their taste buds eventually start changing. So foods that they didn't like at first, they eventually end up liking. They start realizing how much salt they taste in things and how they're not craving necessarily the... Um, uh, like baked goods, you oh, know, sure. they, they start enjoying eating healthier. It's just like an adaptation that, that you have with exercise. And that's another, I'm just going to tie this into weight loss, even though it's not diet specifically is when people look at like, how many calories do I burn running? Well, if you're, you know, 30, 50 pounds overweight and you figure out whatever those 300 calories are to achieve that, um, period of time or that mile or what have you, when you're fit and you're more toned, mm -hmm. uh, your metabolism's more efficient, and actually you burn fewer calories doing the same thing that you you know struggled with uh, six months ago. That's where the concept of plateauing comes in. Yeah, I would think, exactly. Right? You're, you plateau, and now you need to go on to that next challenge. So really, it's kind of like you you always you want to set a challenge in front of yourself, accomplish that, and then you have to look for the next one, and you just take it by stages. Right. And it's an, well, and that's what we're looking for when when people want to go on a diet or follow a weight loss diet. They're looking to make a change so that their body responds in a different way. Mm -hmm. right. And so it's the same thing. We're looking for an adaptation. We just want to avoid the adaptations of metabolism slowing down and then causing more weight loss challenges in the future. What, what do you mean by that? Like, what, how do you make your metabolism slow down? What oh, causes that? If, if someone cuts their calories too severely, the body doesn't know oh. that you're doing that on purpose. And okay. we are really remarkable human beings in trying to just stay alive. Right. And so <laughs> uh, conserving energy and slowing down metabolism because, you know, huh. a... a a weekend fast or uh, a, a short-term deprivation that you intend to end doesn't really register uh, for your mm -hmm. organs and muscles and everything else. And it just says, not getting enough, got to make this last, burn fewer calories. And so when you finish your diet or you hit your target weight, if you go back to eating the way you were and your metabolism has slowed down, you're likely to regain weight yeah. because oh. you're you're not achieving the same level right. of energy expenditure. Interesting. Yeah, and Sorry, I was just going to say, and here's the thing too about that. If you cut your calories too much, your body's going to start eating away at the muscle that you've built. 
and not burning the fat. Like most people think, you know, exactly. I cut my calories, That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. the fat's going to be gone. No, right. you're, you're going to lose muscle. You have to eat enough to sustain yourself. Exactly. You, you have to also do the exercise in order to burn the fat. Um, if you only restrict calories without physical activity, then you're cutting yourself short. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It's kind of like attacking it from both ends. So rest- re- mildly restricting your calories is a good thing. And then actually um, coupling that with being more active and exercising and doing not just cardio, but strength training as well. Yes. The more lean right. mass you have, then the more um, burning ability that you do have. Right. To raise your metabolism. Right. You know, I kind of want to bring up this, you know, our episode is how to never fail at a diet again. But you know, it's going to happen. People are going to trip up every once in a while, you know, and maybe not stay on the course that they're planning to be on. What are, I don't even know if you can answer this question really, but what's something that people can do to avoid relapse, you know, to avoid going back to those unhealthy habits and unhealthy eating? Are are there any tricks? Oh, sure. Uh, No matter what the plan is. uh, So I'm not going to talk about macronutrients or, um, you know, different approaches, but whatever approach someone is taking, they should keep in mind that they're going to um, monitor it. You can't just do something and not actually look and trend the effects. I think a lot of people will give up if they're not seeing an immediate result. Mm -hmm. And weight loss isn't linear. So if you look overall, okay, I'm, I'm down a pound, up two pounds, down three pounds, up two pounds, but the overall trend is downward. Uh, Rather than trying to expect, and we get a lot of questions that ask our dietitian, where it's like, I've been eating only, you know, 1200 calories and fruit salads, and I only lost half a pound this week. What am I doing wrong? You know, it's like, it's not enough. It's like, well, that was one week. So, you know, let's look at, well, how have you been doing over two months? Are you only eating 1200 calories over those two months? But so tracking, Mm. uh, not food logging. And I don't mean that because that's really meticulous, but, uh-huh. but tracking how much weight you can press, tracking how um, fast you can run, tracking the weight on the scale as some kind of measurable effect. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good one. Um, the second thing to avoid uh, relapse or failure, as you say, is to have people adopt changes that, that suit their lifestyles or more of their their attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, So having like a good support group. Having a support group uh, is an extension of that. So if your approach is, hey, instead of going out for lunch every day at work, guys, coworkers, I'm going to be bringing my stuff in, then a good support, um, instead of going, bye, see you later, Mm -hmm. be like, hey, um, we've picked a restaurant with an outdoor patio so you could bring your you know, sandwich to join us. Or, you know, that would be an inclusive support because it's action-based. Okay. Um, another thing people can do is um, also avoid deprivation. So I don't know why you would pick a plan it, that eliminated your favorite food, say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would just make you want it more. And yeah. then, you know, if you do tend to, as we would say, like for, for drinking, fall off the wagon, um, you're just going to go crazy. Uh-huh. And so you wouldn't want to set yourself up for that kind of rebound. Yeah, you kind of want everything in moderation. Exactly. Allow yourself to have like a piece of chocolate or something. (laughs) If you're following a weight reducing diet, the idea is to make you happier and mm-hmm. fitter, not like fatigued and grumpy. Miserable, yeah, yeah. yeah right. And right. for the record, yeah. guys, uh, for our listeners, 
nothing is immediate. You know, weight gain isn't immediate. So weight loss isn't going to be immediate. You have to do things in baby steps and losing any sort of amount of weight, you know, if you see that you've lost half a pound, that's still something. You're I heading in the right direction. That because one of the first things we, we do in nutrition counseling, when someone says, well, I, I have 30 pounds to lose, you know, before this wedding, blah, blah, blah. Well, how long did it take you to gain that weight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, has it been, you know, like 15 years since high school? Oh, well, you know, it's going to take some time Uh to get that weight off because you have to tackle what the origin was. Yeah. I feel like that discourages a lot of people, but it really shouldn't because you're you're trying to make a decision to turn your life around and sometimes that's going to take it's going to be a little rough at first but you'll get used to the changes the healthy lifestyle changes you're making and the weight will come off with time yeah it might it might not be about the in the beginning it's going to be at that overall goal of a pound amount to lose but Mm -hmm. i think that people that are successful they discover along the way at five pounds at 10 pounds that they just have this they feel more uplifted. They feel better about themselves. And then that continues to motivate you to get to the final mm-hmm. thing. You're so more it's always that idea. To do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And initial weight loss is always a psychological boost. I mean, why would you want right. to stick with something if you're not seeing results? Right. So, in many kinds of approaches, you will see probably a, a two week like intro period or something more restrictive. And they're keying into that because that's, you know, if someone realizes they can lose five pounds right away, then they can more follow the the recommendations for a longer period of time, even though those two weeks were really tough. Mm -hmm. But rather than say everything in moderation and then only see half a pound after a month, they're going to say bye-bye. Right, (laughs) right. They want to see results earlier. Yeah. So the whole idea of patience is a virtue. You got to have some patience. Now we're not saying necessarily forever anymore, but like you mentioned before, eight weeks is a good period. So it sounds like data analysis to some degree, you got to be able to be interested in like tracking to some degree. But you mentioned something interesting about tracking. Like you were like not necessarily doing food logging. No, you can just track, track your weight, track your um, waist circumference, you know, anything that's probably a, a number that has more of an objective value to it. Okay. Uh, and just look at that over time. So is it, are you against food logging or do you just think that that is that too cumbersome for most people to where they can't keep that up because it takes it, so much effort? I think it has a purpose. If someone needs to find out how many calories they're currently eating or okay. some other nutrient analysis, you have to be able to record and gather the information of what's going in your mouth um, I don't remember, so right, writing right. it down, of course, makes sense. Um, but once you've done that, there's no reason to continue. Then the habit becomes in writing down what you put in your mouth and not right. using it as a tool to modify what you put okay. in your mouth. So it's kind of so you almost suggested like if you're starting off on a diet, and maybe this is part of a reason people fail is they don't figure out well what's your current situation. Exactly. They just go straight into dieting and they don't even understand. And so that they, they think right. that because of an equation, 2,400 calories is how much they're supposed to eat right. when they were actually only eating 2,200 to begin with, or maybe they were eating 3,000 and then that's too low. Right. Hmm. You know, I I just want to say I know a lot of people understand what unhealthy eating does to them. You know, I from everything from heart failure to diabetes to cancer and yet they still choose to eat unhealthy uh why is this why do people choose this when we know how bad it is to eat this way oh eating staying up late name quite a few things that we know we shouldn't do but 
Probably, I would say, when we get the control to put what's in our mouths um, the way we want to, it kind of gives us that um, that dopamine rush that hits the pleasure center of our brain that says, mm-hmm. I can do this. Um, you can't tell me I can't, you know? Right, um, true. And it, it's that reward system, whether or not you've actually earned it, but it feels good to, to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Do you find through over the course of a diet that um, unhealthy food cravings uh, subside over time to where you don't crave that pizza anymore necessarily? Um, I think it goes along with the taste adaptation. Um, I know that uh, for just as an example, for some people that were following um, a, a moderate carbohydrate intake and just avoiding lots of processed flour foods and replacing those with you know fresh fruit and other things, maybe even some some dairy, um, sweetens, yogurt uh, with fruit that they didn't really want, you know, the candies, the cookies, the pies, and, and that kind of thing anymore. Do you think that um, along with dieting, maybe it helps to take a different mental approach to dieting if you're if you failed a couple times and you're trying it again? And kind of what would be maybe a different mental outlook on food? Is it just focus on trying to eat healthier foods or... I think if someone's approaching it with a mindset of, of good and bad or uh, that, you know, there's right foods and wrong foods, uh, that might set them up for a harder time than, okay. to, than to appreciate food. And food is fuel for our body. It's nourishment. Everybody eats, you know, um, that there are better choices than others. So it's not that a pizza is bad. Hey, if I'm going to a party and that's all they're serving, then a slice of vegetable pizza is better than the deep dish, double cheese, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And I'm not going to beat myself up over that. And I'm going to enjoy the piece of pizza. Right. Um, But to to go to, you know, a fresh food salad bar and turn your nose up to it and then go, no, I'm going to go have, you know, the double Whopper or, um, you know, mac and cheese or something, then that's not a good choice. Right. uh, Based on what's available to you. You know, I went and visited uh, my sister in Texas recently and uh, she's very healthy. And so I, I had started kind of becoming eating healthier myself recently and I was really happy about it. And so I went there and we went out to eat somewhere, a couple things. And I was like, oh, well, she's going to be, they're going to be really supportive because they, they're healthy and I'm trying to be healthy and great. And, um, but we were eating stuff that I was like, man, I don't know a way to eat healthier than what we're eating. And she told me, she's like, you know, Andrew, sometimes in cases you need to prioritize memories over macros. So, and I feel like that's somewhat, maybe that'll be comforting to some people. Like if you're trying to be a diet. I might have to use that tagline now. There you go. (laughs) Attribute it to my sister. Megan Witherspoon. Um, (laughs) but, uh, so, but memories over macros, like, it's okay to indulge sometimes in, you know, it's a matter of just realizing that you can't, you don't want to chain together too many special occasions. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what I was worried about. Like everything becomes, well, this is a one-off. Well, this is a one-off and then you fall off. But still that idea of it's okay to allow yourself to, in a special circumstance to just enjoy that and not think about, you know, exactly are you putting the perfect thing in your body for this moment? And I think on a previous podcast, you had uh, mentioned that like uh, through a question I think someone had of kind of that 80-20 rule or like, you know, something like four out of one every five meals. You just don't have to worry too much about exactly. Well, at least Mm -hmm. at least that kind of accepting mentality um, to give yourself a break. But also I wanted to throw in there. I don't know if if she had, you know, mentioned 
proportions, you know, Mm -hmm. just because Mm -hmm. you've got something really rich or fatty or not good for you in front of you does not mean you need a half pound or 16 ounces or whatever of it. You can taste it and savor it and still eat your vegetables or the rest of your meal. I think that where people fall off here is that they'll eat something that's unhealthy and then they'll think I've ruined my diet. There's no point in trying to continue or eat healthy the next day because I already fell off the wagon. I'm already eating unhealthy. So as if it's a video game where you only have one life. Kind of. And if you lose the game's over. Start start over tomorrow. Tomorrow's another day. That's right. That's true. Even in my situation, I have to sometimes think that like that. But it it all adds up. And I kind of like to sometimes think about calories uh, almost like currency so Mm. that I know I can't go around, you know, with big expenditures and the splurges and binges of of spending because then I'm not going to have my essentials for the end of the month. Right. And but you know what? Maybe in a day, hey, I'm going to have spend $5 on a magazine I don't need or you know, have little perks like that that kind of keep me motivated. Yeah. Um, because all the saving I am doing and that I am on budget, um it makes it okay. So That's it kind of sounds like with dieting really Maybe don't be so hard on yourself, people. (laughs) Like, don't be so hard on yourself. It's okay. It's kind of hard for everyone, and a change is going to be a little bit hard. Um, Speaking of change, let's change topics real quick (laughs) and get to everyone's favorite segment, except for Debbie's, (laughs) Product Product Password. Love it. (laughs) Okay, Candice, there you go. Take it away. You got this one. Okay, Debbie, are you ready? Oh, from Candice this time, yes. Yes. All right. First ingredient on our list. Enriched flour, raisins, skim milk, water, wheat gluten, butter, contains 2% or less of each of the following, yeast, raisin juice concentrate, sugar, vegetable oil, salt, cinnamon, dextrose, partially hydrogenated vegetable oil, (laughs) corn syrup solids, Natural flavor, cornstarch, calcium sulfate, dough conditioners. I've never heard of that. I was going to say it sounded like there used to be these raisin bars, almost like as a as a sun sunshine raisin bars that Uh I used to eat as a kid. uh, That was like a bakery kind of not a cracker and not a cookie food. I feel like you're pretty really close. close. Do we give it to her? I think we give it to we her. Give it to her. Yeah. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Good job, Debbie. I mean, <laughs> technically not a raisin bar, but it is raisin bread. Cinnamon swirl raisin cinnamon bread. Swirl. Oh, cinnamon swirl. Tasty. A bit of cinnamon yeah. swirl. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, yeah. Debbie. What was that last thing? Dough conditioner. Dough, dough conditioner. conditioners. There were some more. Is there dough too shampoo as well? I don't. I'm starting to make my own sourdough, and, and apparently the whole dough process is is very. You're st- wait, what did you say? What are you making? I'm making my own sourdough. Sourdough, oh, okay. Uh, and I don't mean from will packets. Will you bring some of, in next time? For uh, us? It, Share with it, us. It, it flattened out. Apparently, I proofed it too long and oh. at too high a temperature. I'm learning. Okay. It's hard to okay. make that though. It is from from scratch. From scratch, from, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not using right. the packets of yeast. Mm. Using my own starter so that it smells all like sour and nasty. Oh, okay. Well, when you do succeed at that, bring it in. <laughs> I, we, I we will, will try when I have perfected it. <laughs> okay, great. All right. So, uh, of course, at the end of every nutrition episode, we also like to do something called actionable advice, where we actually give actionable advice or advice that's actionable. I oh, messed no. it up. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. You know, it doesn't make sense because I came up with it. Yeah, it's always weird. <laughs> anyway, so what are a couple things that people can take away uh, from this episode um, about how they can do their best to avoid failing at the next diet they go on? 
I think a couple of the key things were to commit to the changes for a longer period of time. Right. And that stick with it kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't forget eight weeks. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. <laughs> eight weeks. Eight weeks. <laughs> Um, and also, uh, you know, if you're actually just like choosing a plan, don't choose out of a hat. Uh, try to find something that, that suits you better, that you have more, that you can put your teeth um, into and, and accept better um, as, as far as the approach uh, so that you can commit to it. And that the third thing um, is to expect plateaus, that they're, they're going to right. come up and weight loss isn't linear. So mm-hmm. it'd be nice to say, I did X, and so why don't I have Y? Um, but it might come over time or up and down or uh, not be as much or uh, in the way you'd want it. But right. your body will respond to a reduction in calories um, with increased activity over time. Right. You really have to try your hardest not to get discouraged. Yeah, I know it's exactly. hard. Well, you're going to feel better in the long run. Yeah. Last thing, forgive yourself. Yes. It's okay to forgive yourself. Yeah. Make sure you forgive yourself for some uh, some things that when it doesn't go right. Um, okay. Well, thank you, Debbie, for joining us on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, everyone out there understands if you have a weight loss story or a diet story, um, success or failure, share it with us using the Living Healthy uh, hashtag, uh, Living Healthy Podcast. On any of our social channels, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, any of them, uh, or you can send in an email to blog at lafitness.com. Yes. And now that you have some better ideas of how to uh, succeed at your next diet, go out there and put it to the test. We want to hear from you. Yeah. And who cares if you failed once or twice before? Just give it another shot. And uh, and you know what? As we leave here today, I, I just feel like I need to share some in, something inspirational that uh, that I heard once before. And in fact, this comes from Candace's grandmother, and she used to say, "Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift." That's why we call it the present. So who cares if you failed at diets in the past? Don't worry about future failure. Just focus on today, guys, because that's all you can do. All right, so (laughs) that wraps it up for this episode and we will see you next time and we will see you in the gym. Before we get out of here, we want to remind you this podcast shouldn't replace any exercise program or restrictions, any dietary supplements or restrictions, or any other medical recommendations from your primary care physician. Before starting any exercise program or diet, make sure it's approved by your doctor. 